welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to different people, both inside the hospitality industry and also the people supplying the hospitality industry and how COVID-19 has affected the actual industry itself. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. These conversations have been fantastic for me to record the last week. Uh, And I think you're going to get a lot out of it, no matter what part you have to play in the industry itself. Uh, Always remember as well, in the link of this bio, you can actually send me a message, a recorded message in question that I can use in the podcast further on. So always make sure you have a look at that if you've got any questions about the podcast. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. As always, it's fantastic to have you on board. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, Today, as always, is another special podcast. Uh, I get to do a bit of a reboot. Uh, If you you wind back the clock and go back to episode 44 of the podcast, I got to interview my boss and CEO of Laneway Greens, Richard Doherty, and he has agreed to come back in these COVID-19 times as we talk about what Laneway Greens is doing right now richard thank you so much for coming back on the podcast thank you for having me sean it's a pleasure to be back different circumstances this time i'm a little bit more comfortable (laughs) and i think i think that's physically not mentally (laughs) we talked we talked we joked a bit about after the last podcast about how you sounded apparently less scottish to all your friends but because I haven't, I haven't talked to you as much of recent times, you sound more Scottish. So it's, um, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to have you back. Well, it's funny um, because my, my Scottish friends heard the podcast the last time. They said, I, they were saying my accent sounded funny. And I said, what, well, I don't sound Scottish anymore. They said, no, you've just went from rough Scottish to posh Scottish. Which is <laughs> and I said, does that mean that people can understand me finally? <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting close for sure. Um, <laughs> So um, thanks for coming back. Uh, what what did you really think? I know we've talked, um, obviously, been together since this has happened. But what what did you think when COVID nineteen was actually coming in, and you can see it um, starting to cause uh, some disruption in the hospitality industry? Well, you know, I actually seen it before that. Uh, mm. Mm. You know, you, me and you and I were walking down Swanson Street, I believe it was one day, and we were talking about like the worst case scenarios. I think yeah. uh, we were on our way. To, we were actually on the way to catch up with Tom at Hussey mm. HR, mm. Uh, just have a chat. And I, you know, and I remember sitting in the room and and telling him what I thought was about to happen. Mm. And I remember everyone in the room thinking that I was overreacting potentially. Mm. Uh, and I definitely felt like. Uh, to what, ex- or to what kind of extreme it was going to be. And, you know, like it's not like I knew, but I have certain people around me that are kind of an investment group that had kind of had words with me and spoke to me that have kind of seen out some of the greater crashes in the 80s and then in the mm. thousands. Uh, and they said, listen, take it serious. Just, well, you're already crazy busy, but plan that something here might dramatically happen and your world cannot trade like it normally does. And what would it look like? What would you do? And, you know, it was pretty scary because I was like, you know, it's my job and it was your jobs and it's like everyone's job. And I'm like, I mean, we're, we're at that point, like we had adverts to hire people, right? We're looking at new sites. I mean, we're looking at how do we develop things? We're looking at some renovations. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like over here, 
don't do that. <laughs> uh, do something completely different. Uh, so I went home, obviously, and spent a lot of late nights just thinking and planning. And I started, you know, you know, it was like all of a sudden there was something happened one day where I remember, and it was just like I could feel that people were scared of each other. Like mm, mm-hmm. it was like a thing where all of a sudden it was like a bit standoffish all of a sudden and you know like people were like kind of taking wide berths to get away from each other and I just noticed that there was a psychological switch happening which meant the cities were going to start being abandoned well way before they were told to and that's mm. kind of what is happening but I guess what you would call it is fear you know mm. and basic fear kind of struck into people and families and people stopped coming to coming to the city as much and we noticed it quite quickly in the stores you know the trade I think I sent out a I can't even remember what day it is now I've lost my days and my weeks to be honest uh, but I think I sent out a memo to the whole team on the and it was hard you know like that weekend I wrote I wrote this big kind of email to investors directors senior staff and I couldn't believe what I was writing it was basically like I was going to start to shut down the stores before um, before it completely crippled the company, really. Um, mm-hmm. And I planned to do it over two weeks, but I shut Richmond on the Monday. And then literally, you know, it was like every 24 to 40 hours, there was like another wind of a major event news. Yes. Uh, another regulation and, or something else that was happening. Yeah, just like another thing that was happening. That was kind of, if, they, if they went here in the line, everyone went there. You know, if, mm. if, they, if they set the tone here, everyone went a little bit more scared, mm-hmm. which was further ahead of what the worst could do. So I think that it was, you mean by the Wednesday, I was shutting the second store. Mm-hmm. And it was like moving the stock around and everything. And then it was, the hardest part was minimizing staff, you know, like have, you mean having, I made every single phone call to every single person mm-hmm. and and told them, I mean, I think if I'm proud of anything over this whole period, it was how strong my communication was at that, like through that, mm-hmm. uh, and taking a like a man on man, female on female approach to every single person, and so what they, I mean, just who they were and what they needed, and mm-hmm. we try to minimise it when there was hours available. We tried to do what we could do while the stores were open, and then you know, but at the same time, I had to save the company, right? Which mm-hmm. so it wasn't just like close the stores it was also where's the revenue going to come from because there has to be revenue and I thought everyone is just going to be going for this Uber Eats, Deliveroo, DoorDash, Easy, whatever they're you mean everyone's just going to go hey all of a sudden I'm going to push everything out to that and it's going to become really saturated really quickly and you've got no unique point of difference and you might as well not bother. Yep. Uh, There are certain people that are doing it well like uh, the Lucas Group who came late uh, totally against everything they do. But it's quite obvious through advertising and social media that they're spending a lot of money on uh, Facebook and yeah, Instagram absolutely. and the like. But you mean, they're a larger company, they can do that and fair play to them. And they've got, and they're a cover company because they've adapted, they've closed down some of the sites, they've moved Chin Chin down to Richmond, they've done into like the Kong, I think it's Kong building, yep. the Kong site, because it gives them some greater reach. You mean, they're using it as a dark kitchen essentially, which is yep. great. You mean, that's good thinking. But, There'll be lots of companies that are, you know, can you imagine the ones that didn't do it? 
and the ones that try to come late and then you know just try to get Uber set up, try to get Deliveroo set up, try to get DoorDash, try to get them even, you mean, they, those companies have limited resources. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just to come, just to, you know, we experienced it ourselves, just try to get set up a couple of times. Mm. Uh, but I'm pretty lucky that at the very beginning of the process, like the day we walked down to meet Tom at HR, I had this switch in my head where I was like, okay, well, we were looking at these kind of some of these co-manufacturers and we were looking at like how do you take like some of the Laneway Greens future recipes like me and Warren had been working on like these maybe like 20, 30 future recipes that were like North African, you know, you and I were in Fitzcray looking at Ethiopian food and mm. we were looking at all these random cool cuisines from around the world and we we're like, what well, if you could like have Laneway Greens retail and you could put that food in a bag and you yeah. could put it in a little pouch and brand it. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bottled sauces and stuff. And luckily like I'd already started developing that uh, so that it meant when the conversations were already at level out of ten, level two, not zero, and it means mm. it meant that well, you mean we're really lucky. One of our manuf- like a manufacturer that we use is actually one of the manufacturers in the airline industry. Not so lucky for him, obviously. Mm. But when the airline started closing, I called straight away and said, "Okay, I'm going to start a home delivery box company, similar to what HelloFresh are doing, similar to what." Uh, Marley Spoon are doing but we're going to take it a stage further there'll be less preparation for the customer and it will be higher end products and meats that we use and it'll be much more of a laneway experience and we'll try and give our goal is to feed them healthily but give them that time back because from my own personal experience like my partner has young kids and I've seen the the problems ahead you know she's a she's a CEO of her own business she's a single like she was a single mother looking after two kids so she's coming she's we're living together but I knew that I mean she's going to have to homeschool she's going to have to I mean where where's the time coming from how are they going yeah. to achieve this yeah uh, so I thought let's let's go in there let's slot ourselves into that market where we can feed people we can fill them up and we can give them exciting different flavors and we give them their time back so that they can actually spend it as a family but they still get to do an element of cooking. Yeah, there's still there's still yeah there's still like a, a feel good element of actually putting something together on the plate and finishing it off. You get assembly and make it add bits yourself and make it a little bit more unique to you if you want. How did you come up with that idea to have that sort of in between product? Because there's a lot of competitors in the marketplace that that are um, direct competitors of Laneway that have gone the other step, but they've just gone. Full product made. It's almost like they've repositioned their what would be a delivery concept. Sort of like a uh, sorry, what would be a delivery, an Uber Eats, uh, de- um, what DoorDash kind of concept. Package that themselves, delivering themselves, um, or not doing a Marley Spoon Hello Fresh as you just talked about, which allowed the person to fully finish it off. Why did you want to do that in between part? Do you think? Because I think it's what people need. I think they want. I think they want the Marley Spoon, the HelloFresh experience. But I think a lot of the time they're like, "Why is there a quarter of an onion diced in a bag? Uh, why is there like ten grams of paprika in a bag?" I think it's like, mm. you know, when I looked at, I, I've had, I've had a couple of them. You know, and the food's good, the experience is good, the user experience is generally good, the customer experience is really good. Uh, I mean, it's hard to find fault in some of them, uh, but. I mean, for me, it was, you know, our, at the end of the day, it comes down to like sustainability waste, you know, like an environmental impact. You I mean, we are about to launch trays that are biodegradable, which you think will be the first company to do that. 
mm-hmm. uh, like which will how the food's held inside of this little vacuum chamber. Cool. You know, it's been even even throughout this crazy period, my mission has been zero waste. You know, I know that some of these companies have zero waste, but you mean I've had those experiences, and at the end of it, there's a lot of packaging, there's a lot of bags. Uh, and I just felt we just felt that. There's still a lot to do. Like you get it all, and there's still quite a bit to do. You I mean I guess it's just two different markets. There'll be people that want to learn how to make that different meal. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, there. I think our meals are generally made inside of you know some of them are made from in like five like eight minutes. Some of them are made in like thirty minutes. The only reason it's thirty minutes is because of roast veg. So yep. really, you stick the roast veg in, and then for twenty minutes you're doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> right? So you're basically having a wine or you're yeah. sitting making your kids' dinners or you're doing something separate. Like it's not like it's a dinner where you think Marley's been like if it's thirty minutes or twenty five minutes, you're actually there for twenty five minutes. Doing yeah, you're on the tools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I think I was just get, you mean it was just time conscious. What was important about it was is that you I mean I don't think if you I mean the future of Laneway Greens, like who knows what's gonna happen and I'm sure you'll you'll ask me that a question later, but really I'm still thinking of like the whole company, right? I, I'm not, I mean, okay, we've got this box that we've now sell, which is an e-commerce play, which I don't think will go away ever now. Mm. I think I'm just also run that company as well now. Mm. And then we've got the stores. I think there's going to be like a, a part in the middle, which is probably like a lane green retail experience. And there'll be all of the food that we've created, all of the recipes, say pretty soon there'll be like 35, 40 recipes. Uh, inside of like two or three different boxes that rotate and move and there'll be but we'll like every season we'll continue to bring out recipes and then in the stores that we might just see like for one month we might just see like a more fixed venue from what's actually going to happen in the box for that month and the and the and the stores will have a bit of a taster or a, you'll be able to come in and you know how like lane we green like with the box that we're selling we're saying to someone hey here's a like a like a chicken birria it's got roast veg mm-hmm. and root rice but we're not giving you like sour cream we're not giving you like any cheese we're not giving you jalapenos we're not giving you all of those experiences so we're allowing you at home to make it your way customize, like, customize it. it like have it for lunch have it for dinner have it for breakfast you know the salmon shakshuka you can crack a couple of uh, eggs in it and bake it and it becomes like a, a, a baked egg salmon shakshuka and you can have it with toast for breakfast mm. so what we're going to do is we're just showing, we're showing people like the versatility of it uh, and I think when it comes to like, there'll be laneway greens box at your home and you make that recipe how you want. And then you can come in for the laneway greens experience where we'll take it to like another level again, but it'll be the same food. And what we're going to show is how you can take certain elements to a certain, and a new, to a new height. And we'll be showing you that we can, you, you, we can do it, you can do it. Yeah. So I guess like the future is like versatility for us. Uh, and I don't know what the stores will look like in the future, you know, it's, a bit scary uh, to think about sometimes, uh, but I don't think the world is necessarily going to be going back to the same way that it was operating. In fact, I would bet my I bet everything on the fact that it won't, because mm. I think social distancing is definitely going to be here for the next twelve to eighteen months, based off of like how far how long it takes them to get a vaccine. Yeah, like, that's the reality. The reality is, is that this social distancing is going to have to happen in some aspect. And there'll be plenty of places that can go back to normal. But, you know, if you've got a 200 square meter restaurant and you can only get one, someone every, if you only get someone every like 5.2 square meter volume around you, yeah. like, you can only get 40 people in it. And then the economic 
like the economics of the situation doesn't completely work. Completely changes, unless, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we're going to, you mean the only way that works is if every meal doubles at least in price. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which, absolutely. Which, even if you know, even if rent is slowed down or whatnot, it's still going to be enough. But it's not even going to be slowed down. It's going to be deferred, right? And deferred mm. means that people have been taking loans, and you mean it's just not a, it's not a, it's not an exciting situation. You mean the landlords and the banks will get their money back, and you mean where is it coming from? Because if you're only making, you mean most hospitality companies. I mean, I've I've worked in a few and worked with a few. If you're making twelve percent, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some extreme ones that are making like 20%. But you know, like you and I both know that most of them are down in that four, five, six percent mark. And you know, anything anything drops in any area, you like one hundred thousand dollars a year gain, which is basically like just buying yourself a job if you're an owner operator. Yeah. Uh, you mean it can easily become a hundred thousand dollar loss and then you borrow it against your house and then within a couple of years, if the housing market drops, you've got negative it. I mean you're in quite a scary position. So we're going to see a lot of businesses closing down because of fear again, you know, like it's, mm. you mean, why bother? There'll be this why bother approach, yeah. which is scary because there's a lot of people employed in the industry. It's scary on so many fronts, Rich, because I think there are obviously a lot of people um, employed in this industry. Um, I think arts is the probably other industry which people didn't take into account. So many people were employed with. But what my concern with the industry is over the next 12 to 18 months with social distancing is there will almost be a second wave of um, people closing stores um, and concepts because uh, we're getting some grants coming through, but most of it is loans. Um, A lot of it is unsecured loans, um, upwards of $250,000 in Australia, um, which is really scary. But I'll be tell, I'm talking to you, like, honestly, like, I'm talking to banks. Anything that's an unsecured loan is not really happening. I've spoken to, like, all lenders I've spoken to. You I mean, I'm trying to work out the financial landscape for the company, what the future would be. You know, I'm trying to work out where potential funds could come from if we need them in the future. Uh, sure. Like, via either, you mean, it's my job uh, to look at banks, investors, you mean, raising money. And banks are not forthcoming. They're not, like, you know... You know, especially businesses that are going through growth cycles like ours, you know, where you're you're constantly growing, so you're spending money, so you're not necessarily yes. making a lot. Making money, you're spending yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And if you're not showing up, if you're not showing a P and L that looks like crazy healthy, they're looking at you like, well, it's not crazy healthy. Mm. So, well, you, or you've not, you mean? So there's there's certain. I mean, and you know our story. Like we took over, like we took over a company that wasn't being successful. So like we've we've only had a year of fixing it. You know, we're basically there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we just got there. Uh, so historicals does not do me too many favours. Uh, so when you talk to the banks, it's not that exciting. So I'm back. You I mean my job is to raise raise funds generally, as you know. Yep. Um, we- but I, you mean I don't think you mean I'll be I'll be surprised if anyone's get you know most of these. Like I spoke to a, quite a well seasoned loan broker who used to work inside of Citibank, and he told us that it's very rare that there's an unsecured loan going out like the banks the banks are not really changing with their message you mean it's still uh, means tested it's right. still like assets of the individual is it you mean and then they're pushing for security they're pushing for security over assets which is generally someone's house which mm. you see the domino effect appearing right no 100% which is um, scary to think, to think about how do you think the hospitality landscape is going to change over the next 
12 months, Rich, you touched on it just a bit then. Do you want to just go in a bit deeper of what you thought? Because one, one thing that's been in my head is what you talked about just then was the social distancing and the amount of people in a venue and all that kind of stuff, especially for the big venues. But so what are your thoughts now? 12 months is an interesting one. Like, so inside the 12 months, there's just going to be a lot of closures. Yeah. Um, there'll be a lot of people who don't survive. You I mean, it'll just be what it is, but it will not be, you know, I don't know if that'll be the end of the world. Like what we'll see is, I mean, I know that it will hurt a lot of people, uh, but we'll see a lot of operators drop away that maybe weren't great. Yep. Yep. And weren't great operators anyway. Are constant. You I mean there's a lot? You I mean Melbourne is just so much. Uh, yeah. Not. You I mean it's got it's got great quality, but it's got not. It's got a lot of bad quality as well. Uh, yes. I mean, I think we're going to see. You know, there's two things that can happen. There's either going to be lots of really good deals available for for people that are kind of strong operators and because there's going to be so many sites inside of the CBD. The scary thing is actually, Sean, the behaviour of the CBD. Yes. <laughs> right, so it's, are people coming back to work? You mean, look at us, we're doing this at home, and it's easy. It's actually a lot easier than it was to even organise the first one. Yeah, you know? correct. And yeah. In the same office. It's mm-hmm. easier to, like, my productivity is probably like 400% higher than it was when I was in the city. Yeah, right. Like, it's, like I'm getting more done in a day than I was getting done in a week half the time. Mm. Um, so seeing these levels of productivity and the psychological changes that are going to happen for owners of businesses and directors and CEOs of businesses, you're paying a lot, we're paying a lot of rent in the city. Is it needed to need that size? You mean, first of all, is it going to impact sheer space culture? Is it going to impact, you mean, then all of a sudden we've got like complete change in the human behavior, which means, which means it, you mean, What's going to happen to commercial property prices? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to, you mean, on top of that, there's going to be just so many free spaces available. Because, you know, like, like I was, you mean, interestingly, uh, I walked from my house down to Chapel Street to the supermarket yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there was two things that were interesting. One, it was very busy in the streets and I can't believe everyone was shopping, right? Yeah, it's quite busy over the Which, weekend. I mean, it's amazing how active everyone now is without... Mm-hmm really act, being active. Mm. Uh, two was the amount of businesses that weren't just shut, they were cleared out, they were back to their shell. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, ev- every, every, second, mm-hmm. every second, a third door. So people are just closing down because this is their opportunity to get out, mm. especially on Chapel Street. CBD, uh, Flinders Lane, the same. So much empty space. Uh, and you're just thinking... What the landlord's going to do? You mean it's not the same landscape? So I think you're either going to be able to get some really good deals, which will be like 100% fit outs and good rent deals for the next 10 decade potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you mean there's also the option of there are people with money still and they might think this is their opportunity and we might see a second phase flood of lots of people that have never been in hospitality coming into hospitality again, thinking it's an opportunity yes. and getting really good rent deals that will last them for 10 years, which will make the next decade just the same and it'll be yes. the same repeat cycle. <laughs> so yeah. there's... It's, it's definitely not going to be the same, right? That's the most important you, thing. You think about it, right? Like, we don't half love a new thing, do we? Mm. Like, but, we love a new thing. 
Mm. You mean it might it might only last a month or two? But you mean I think the most important thing here is that great things always come. Bad things always come as well. But generally, like if we're going to try and flip this to be a bit more positive, mm. there are always phenomenal human changes happen after these large scale events. There are, you mean it might you okay? There's a lot of jobs being lost, but those jobs will be there. There'll be a phase where it's really challenging. Mm, for people yeah, of course and governments but it will re-emerge and that employment will be redeployed in some other industries that we're probably not even aware of yet yeah I totally agree uh, so I, th- I mean I think I, ju- I just don't know what it looks like yet but I think there's going to be I mean I've been I've been reading a lot of futures reports I've been reading a lot of like what the world looks like post COVID-19 mm. and you mean like medical like medical technology and medical health, like unbelievable advancements so quickly. Uh, you know, we had a, a vet appointment the other day on video call and I just mm. thought, that just changes the game, doesn't it? Like it's amazing because what happens is, is that the vet appointment was like a third of the normal price and yeah. I didn't need to move. And you're just thinking, okay, that one little thing and then, like I had a video call on a on an app called VC to go for the doctor because I had to get a prescription, mm-hmm. and I spoke to the doctor and he was lying on the couch watching TV, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, and first of all I was thinking, is he a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> and then he sent the then he sent the prescription. The thing is, he sent the prescription to the warehouse chemist, right. uh, which is just good for me, right? Yeah. Basically, inside of like, honestly, like two minutes. I had a, a text message from the chemist saying your prescription's ready and I walked yeah. around and got it back. And you're like, right, okay, now we're talking about advancements. Now we're talking about like efficiencies. Mm. There'll be certain things where you always need to have a human element, right? Like the doctor's yep. got to your heart or something. But I think what you're going to end up with is like, you I mean, it's amazing how quickly things happen. Like we've just, the Victorian government have just released this app so that they can uh, track us, mm. basically. Right, which is an interesting one that's another conversation completely. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to start to see a lot of, there's a lot of wearable technology. You mean, like, people are walking about with their Apple Watches, with their heartbeats, their phones. You mean, it's the beginning, not, it's the very beginning of this. Mm. Like, we're going to see things where people can have their, you mean, you mean, we might all have blood pressure monitors in the house. We might all have places, the things that, you mean, you can do, like check your body temperature, temperature. Mm-hmm. and it'll be automatic and you'll be able to know whether or not you're in fever. It may just be something automatically scans you every day. You just don't know where the future's at. Like my partner is in medical technology and she's like, be, they're trialing these little kind of, well, for some other company, they're looking at these little things that go over your phone and it to check your moles. It's, I mean, this, yeah, right. it's just, it's, you know, it just, there's so much coming but this, not being, some of it's not being tested yet, you know, but there's so much coming in and out of markets. There's so many ideas. So there's just going to be a new world develop, I think. Uh, hospitality is always going to be important though, right? People need to eat. People need to eat. People need connection. Um, yeah, and I think as I've talked to a lot of, um, a lot of restaurateurs the last couple of weeks, um, they feel like, they've got somewhat of the connection back, which is, which is, which is cool, but um, obviously we're struggling, which is not. So um, let's, 
let's talk about uh, as the final topic is to talk about where you think laneway is going to go because um obviously you're a cbd based brand we just talked about commercial real estate um with offices and that kind of stuff at the moment it changes the landscape for hospitality in general but i think especially for cbd brands where do you think such a great brand like laneway is going to go in the near future it's interesting, right? Because you and I were like looking at concepts like kiosks and all sorts of yeah. stuff. I'm looking at a kiosk now and I'm like, what do I really want people touching my screen? Yeah. You mean, uh, I'm blown away when I go into Willie's uh, and I'm forced, or Bunnings, and I'm forced to like touch the screen and then yeah. no one's wiping, you know, no one's really wiping anything. And I'm like, mm. I mean, there's hand sanitizer in different areas, I get that, but it's just mm. like you're thinking of like, the future. You mean there'll be hand sanitizer for everywhere, but we're all just going to have like burning red hands because we need to sanitize when we go in everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so I don't see how, in the short to midterm, how restaurants work. Right, yeah. like dine-in restaurants. I cannot see how they work. Mm. Like you know, it's not going to be hey excuse me, waitress, you've not wiped my table. It's going to be, did you spray the whole area down and yes. dry it paper towel and back away from me? Yes. Uh, mm. Who touched my plate on the way to the table? Yes. It's, How I do mean, you deliver a plate of food when you're supposed to be 1.5 metres away? Well, really, it's like, you mean, if we think about anything, you mean, you think about a terrorist attack, everyone runs to help each other and then you yeah. think about this biological attack from Mother Nature and we're all like, fearful of each other because yeah. we know that it spreads it's you mean what even like kitchens like what's going to happen with what is you mean what's going to happen with like food control how does it work right like how do vegetables get to you pre-washed unwashed in boxes what are the you mean what kind of new equipment is going to have to be put in the kitchens to make you mean do we need washing machines and tumblers now for all vegetables so that they're yeah. sanitized yeah. Uh, I mean, do you trust that it's definitely been done at your supplier, or do you do it? You mean you kind of got to do it again yourself? Because yeah. what you want is to be like an outbreak area, and you mean imagine your business becomes an outbreak. Yes. Like of anything, mm-hmm. I think. You mean, I think what we're going to see is, and I think what Laneway Greens is uniquely positioned to do is, we have a quite a trustworthy brand and we're clean. I mean, if anything. Mm-hmm. We're really clean. You mean it's about the food's clean? The, you mean what we do is immaculate? Mm. Uh, and people know that. You know, our food is local as well, which means that we're not really using any imported ingredients, which means that, you know, like you're also supporting local. Like, I mean, we're just going to start to see like local probably actually really mean local. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, you're going to see the, and because I think people are going to want to be like support. Like you see, there's a lot of people rushing out to support. Their, their news agent or their, you mean, their milk store? Their, you mean, you mean yeah, just the local, local business, yeah. Yeah, the community. They're really wanting to support that. You know, I've got like a guy at the end of the street who must own a wine distribution business or something and he's selling it from his driveway with a big banner and it's and a weekend is queued out because people are out there supporting him. Well, so, you know, it's, hmm. you know, it's just like a greater community spirit on the go. Hmm. So I think... I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff that we were talking about, which is like food on bags and shelves, walking in the doors. There'll be less seating areas. There'll be dwell areas. You'll be trying to educate and talk to people without touching them. There'll be less mm-hmm. of this picking up and looking at things. There'll be ways in which customers or consumers need to come in and interact with your brand. 
uh, there'll probably be tech on your phone. It'll be your app and it will not be like, hey, here's a buzzer. It'll be your phone will buzz when it your food ready. Uh, there'll be, it'll be, I can't imagine, I think it'll be a lot, there has to be like wider shop fronts with more doors. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I think there has to be more points of entry and exit. Yep. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this order ahead culture and it will be order ahead and it won't be your food is order ready. You'll probably see things along the lines of, you know how like Uber Eats you've got where you can track your order? Yes. I think you'll probably see food in sections and kitchens. It might have like, say, a kitchen's got three or four sections. There might be like a a board yeah. and you can see where your food is in the section mm-hmm. and you know instead of it being, hey, your food's going to be ready in five to ten minutes, it's like, hey, your food's going to be ready in six and a half minutes mm-hmm. and then your name gets shouted and then you come and collect it from a window or a, or a, or a, or a shelf or something. You know, it's going to be the future. The future yeah. will be... You mean, but it's got the real challenge is going to be how do we do it and still become how still be very human centric brands, like you know, we need to remain human. So that's going to be the challenge is marrying those two things. I think mm. uh, how do you create these beautiful moments for people, but give them an interaction that matters. Yeah, that makes them want to come back and make them feel safe, secure. Um, nourished all those cool things about hospitality well even just ask them how they are you know like where's the moment where you say how was your weekend or did you get up to anything or you've just been on holiday how was it how are the kids you know like just like those things that good brands do that they remember their customers they remember their family's names they remember they were going for a new job interview you mean they they actually care yeah yeah Uh, so I don't know how that's going to be possible Uh, but we better not lose it because that is the essence of it. Lane mm. uh, Way Greens, I think. Who knows? But we're pretty. I'm pretty excited to do it. Like I think you know me. Like the challenge will be big, but I think the the opportunity is also big. Yeah, just a just another new pivot. Yeah, just keep on spinning, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, thanks so much for joining me on today's podcast. Um, how can people find out about the home box at the moment? Cause I know it's going extremely well. So I want to make sure that people have the opportunity to try and, uh, order it. Keep an eye on, uh, keep an eye on Instagram. Rosie's doing an amazing gram, oh, amazing gram, <laughs> an amazing, <laughs> amazing job on Instagram, uh, and website, www.lamygreens.com.au. Uh, keep an eye on it in the next probably, 10 days, we're going to see a complete new website come in. We're going to see a bit of a subscription model, which is kind of similar to the, you can pause it, you can start, you can stop it. You're not locked into anything. You're going to see a variation of boxes coming out, which will be new SKUs, I guess you'd call them, new different types mm-hmm. of product. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in the process of like finalizing a lot of new recipes and we're going to start to see much more variation. Uh, and hopefully there'll be a lockdown change and we're going to get out to a lot of these farms and we're going to start to really tell some of these farmer stories, kind of similar to what you're doing, telling my story. We'll probably try and maybe get some of these farmers, maybe even push them to you so that you can have a chat with them as well. There'll be some really cool farmer stories, I think, that need to be told because, you know, they had a really difficult time. Supermarkets went like this and then they went like this. Like, how do you support? I mean, what what challenges have they faced? It's going to be the interesting one. And as brands and as companies, how do we support them? Because, you mean, they are the lifeline of everything that we do. Yeah, totally agree. Richard Doherty, CEO of Laneway Greens, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it and got something out of it. Once again, please make sure you leave me some feedback through that little link you'll see in the bio of this podcast. And as always, make sure you please subscribe and share if you think it's valuable to other people with inside the hospitality industry. I think they're really going to enjoy it and I hope you enjoy it as well. Until next time, please stay safe.